evidence of things not seen. Verse 6, but without faith, everybody say faith, it is impossible to please him. That, that him is God. It is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God, anybody who approaches God, must believe that he is, that he exists, and that he is, that his nature is to reward those who diligently seek him. Now faith. I say faith. Lord Jesus, you've been so good to visit us today. I thank you for the potency of your presence in this house. I pray, God, that you will open every ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. Open our hearts to receive your word as a place where you can implant your word and there would be growth and development and change and transformation. God, reform us by your word, Lord Jesus, today. Help us to receive it with faith-filled hearts in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. Hallelujah. Didn't we have an amazing service last week? How many were here last week, last Sunday? It was a powerful service and a powerful sermon, and I'm thankful for it. Amen. Amen. Brother Mike shared some testimonies about how God is on time every time and that he already has all the details lined up, things you don't even know about. He's already got all lined up so that his will can be accomplished. Amen. He's ready. He's got it all set up. And when I came into church last week, I knew that I had to preach this week, and I had nada. Nothing. I had no sermon. I had no scripture. I had no title. I had nothing. In fact, Brother Mike had actually switched places with me because I was supposed to be at another church last Sunday <laughs> preaching. Still had nothing for them either. So uh, I, I didn't go to that other church because the, the, their ended up being an issue that they didn't have service. They went online only. And so I was here trying to find, uh, well, just trying to be in service, but the Lord gave me the message. And so as we began to sing, you know, when we enter into that place of praise and worship, God will often begin to speak to our spirit. It's not just about the words that are coming out of our mouth when we're singing, but what we're hearing in the Holy Ghost might be about what's going on in your life, might be about what's going on in your family. He starts to reveal things to us in that time when we enter into his presence. And so the Lord spoke a very simple phrase into my heart. He said, faith is the activator. I want us all to say that. Faith is the activator. Faith is the what? What's the activator? Amen. Faith is the activator. And it began to work on me. And so I'm sitting over here with Sister Doring during song service, uh, and, and it's the Holy Ghost is talking to me. And he's showing me things in my spirit. And I hear faith is the activator. And then I begin to see those old-fashioned plunge-style detonators. You know what I'm talking about? Well, the ones that Wiley Coyote would like to use? You know, they look like a T sticking out of a box, and when you push it down, something on the other end of a cord explodes. And I started seeing explosions set off on the side of a mountain that literally pulled half the mountain to the ground. And I'm like, wait a second, faith is the activator. Maybe I'm supposed to think of it in terms of faith as a detonator. 
because that's what I'm seeing and I'm confused. <laughs> but God always knows his stuff. I am not well learned about detonators and explosions. And I was a little bit fearful about searching this on the internet. <laughs> I don't want to end up on a government watch list. So let me just say this for anyone who's questioning, I have no explosions in my possession. I'm not planning on making any explosions or setting up any explosions to happen, except in the Holy Ghost. I'm all for those explosions. So I was online, big brother, I was online just to learn about the concept, not to study how to. But I learned a lot. I told Sister Soraya, she's going to give me so much grace today because she's the one with the master's degree in science, and I'm like, I barely passed chemistry. So... I learned a lot, and I learned that when God gives you something, he already knows what he's talking about. So he said faith is the activator, and what I saw were detonators and explosions. So I started searching YouTube videos about mountainside explosions, trying to find something similar to what I had seen so that I could show it here. And, you know, what I, what I saw was, like, those dynamite strikes that they would do when they were trying to clear the mountain out of the way for trains to go through or highways to go through. These civil engineers would go out and drill holes and put dynamite into the holes in a strategic pattern. And all of that would, would allow them to set fuses from a safe distance, and that fuse would burn all the way to the dynamite. The dynamite would explode. That's what I was seeing. In my searching, I, I realized that there are academic videos about explosions. And I thought the government might look more kindly on that if they happened to see my searches. So I found the Royal Institution's lecture on explosive science with Professor Chris Bishop. So what I saw in my spirit was what? Detonators and explosions. What I heard in the spirit was faith is the activator. And remember, I know nothing about this. So I'm watching this hour-long video. Sister Kayla, if you would start that first video for us. work perfectly before service. Let's try one more time. So this idea of activation Audio is good. It's a very important one. I can illustrate it with this. So this idea of activation energy is a very important one. I can illustrate it with this model of a ball. Actual power so this idea of activation energy. Is a very important one. I can illustrate it with this model of a ball on a hill. So the ball is at quite a high point on the hill, so it has gravitational potential energy compared with the bottom of the hill. Energy would be released if the ball could roll from the top to the bottom of the hill, but it can't because it's stuck in this little uh, well, this little valley. If I add a little bit of energy to this, nothing much happens. 
But if I add enough energy to get it over the hump, and we call that the activation energy, then the rest of the energy can escape. Activation energy. the activation energy. energy back again, plus all this extra energy. So when we set fire to the hydrogen oxygen, we are, we are adding the activation energy, and then we get the activation energy back again, plus a lot of extra energy. So that's the idea of activation energy. Activation energy exists in explosive science. Guess who had no idea that that was true? I had no clue that there was an activator required for every single explosion that happens in the world. What's faith? Oh, I'm sorry. What's faith? Faith is the activator. Faith is that activating energy that allows an explosion to take place in the Holy Ghost. So this is a video about explosives, even the history of explosives, and I hear this man talk about activation energy, and since every explosion has an activator in the natural, we know that the natural is a mirror of the spiritual. I'm trying to go slow here. Faith is the activator. And in order for anything to happen, something has to activate it. In order for anything in the Holy Ghost to happen, something has to activate it, and it's the Lord who has chosen faith as the activator. Faith. Uh, the New Living Translation of Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. Everybody say, what we hope for. Faith is the evidence of things we cannot see. And then in verse 6 it says, It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who diligently or sincerely seek him. Do you know what you believe about God matters? It matters. Your faith shows you the reality of the things that you hope for, the things that you pray for, the things that you seek God for. Faith reveals to you the reality. It brings the would-be into the now in your vision. You may not see it with your eyes, but I see it with the Spirit. I know it's real. I know it's true. I know it's there. I know God's providing it. I know he's already working. Faith is the activator. If faith shows us what we hope for, then let me ask you, what are you hoping for? What are you hoping for? What are you praying for? What are you seeking God for? What are you actively seeking God for? Not just back of your mind, maybe one day dreaming. What are you actively reaching for in the Holy Ghost? What are you talking to God about? What are you seeking? God, show me. God, help me. God, do this. God, work. God, come down. 
What are you seeking him for? Faith exists to activate something. To bring something that is not now into the now. And it's the evidence of what we cannot see. Here's the problem. We get to a place of comfort and satisfaction that will cripple our spiritual development. Where we stop seeking. Well, I've repented of my sins and I've been baptized in Jesus' name and I've been filled with the Holy Ghost and I'm trying to live a holy life. What more do I need? I have my my food on my table and I have a, a vehicle to drive and I have a job that pays my bills and all. I have what I need, so what more do I need to seek? Why do I need to praise God, Brother Mike? He's already done everything that I need him to do. And if I only view praise as a way to get something from God, then I won't praise him anymore. We reach a point of comfort and satisfaction where we forget or we neglect how much we need him. Faith is the activator. James said, we have not because we ask not. Are you asking? Are you investing your faith into something actively? Or are you content? Are we content to just come to this building, feel the presence of God, be saved, check the box, And go home. Faith is an activator. Its root word is active. Active. Faith must be made active. Jesus did not say, go home and dream about stuff and I'll give it to you. He said, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. Guess who's got to do the asking and the seeking and the knocking? Why do I do that? Because I have faith. Because faith is the activator. My belief about what God will or will not do for me controls what I do toward him. If I don't think God is a good God who wants to give me the desires of my heart that he has put there, I'm not going to pray for it. But if I believe that God is well able and he's willing Why wouldn't I present myself to him? God, I'm seeking you. I'm seeking your face, not just your hand. I want to know you in the fullness of who you are, Jesus. I want to know your truth, God. I'm going to spend time seeking this truth, Lord. What I believe about what he will give me influences what I do toward him. When I was six years old, I repented of my sins. I was six, but I had strong faith. I repented of my sins, and my dad baptized me in Jesus' name. And all those sins, they may not have been many. There, there were some. All those sins and the curse of that, a human nature that I was bound with was washed away. That was on a Sunday night. The next service, and I know I've told this story here, but the next service, somebody, somebody, somebody new might need to hear it. Next service at our church was a Tuesday night. And I pestered my mother to death. I'm going to get the Holy Ghost on Tuesday night. Two days of it. 
on repeat. Mom, I'm going to get the Holy Ghost on Tuesday night. Mama, I know Jesus is going to fill me with the Holy Ghost on Tuesday night. I'm going to go to the altar, and I'm going to pray, and the Lord's going to fill me with the Holy Ghost on Tuesday night. And Tuesday night came, and I don't even know if the preacher gave an altar call. It was just Bible study. But I came to the altar, and I knelt right in front of the pulpit. I thought it was holier. And my mom and Sunday school teacher and some other ladies gathered around and began to pray for me. And you know what happened? My faith had been an activator for two days. And there was an explosion in the Holy Ghost where he filled me with his spirit because I believed him. Faith is the activator. This is an exercise of faith. You go to the gym to exercise. You go out and you walk in a park. You're exercising those muscles. Why? Because if we don't exercise, our muscles die. What I don't work out, what I don't exercise, what I don't engage, what I don't use will die. And so we summon our inner faith. It doesn't have to be a lot. And we engage it toward God. I believe you. I believe in you, and I believe that you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. And Jesus is standing there inviting us, saying, ask, seek, knock, push, pray, push! Pray until something happens. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. We like to think about that in terms of just general faith in God. But it's that second part of faith, believing that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, that becomes the guiding force for our walk with God. I either believe it or I don't. I either believe that he rewards those who seek him or I don't. And if I believe it, why am I not obedient to it? Because where it says without faith, it is impossible to please him, that same book also says with faith, all things are possible to those who believe. What are you using your faith for? Or are, are we content? Like so many days where I haven't gone to the gym, am I content to live without the exercise of my faith? That's where a lot of Christians find ourselves. Content to live without the exercise of our faith. Okay, somebody says they're sick, I'll believe for that. Sure, that's easy. That's their problem. <laughs> Happy to pray for that. I'll engage my faith at church when I'm praying for people in the altar. Some of us get, need to get better at praying, being prayed for, than being prayed, than praying for other people. Sometimes we need to be prayed for. Just throwing that out there. Prayed with easy to get comfortable praying for other people. I don't know what, this is not in my notes. 
It's easy to get comfortable praying for other people because God's not working on you right then. Or so you think. Or you avoid that moment, that encounter with God because it's easier to pray for somebody else's issue or trouble than to let God deal with the stuff on the inside. That was free. That's not anywhere in my notes. We ought to realize that God is always setting something up to blow up. God is always setting something up to blow up. Cecilia, our friend that came to visit us because Brother Mike drove on a Saturday that he didn't normally drive on. God did something in her life that she will never forget because of an obedient child of God. Two obedient children of God because she obeyed as well. If he's setting something up, just just imagine what would happen. If you're clearing the mountains for the train to come through, and all you do is put the dynamite in place. You've drilled all the holes. You have the dynamite strategically in the mountainside. But nobody ever detonates it. What amazing potential power lies in each stick of dynamite that's in that mountain. It's an amazing amount of of nitroglycerin that's been wrapped through this clay-like substance on the inside of the dynamite. And it's ready. It's waiting. And all it needs is an activator. That's how it is in the kingdom of God every single day. Every day that I walk out of my house, God has something for me to do. He has something for me to say, someone for me to touch, someone for me to help. And if I believe that, then I'm looking for it. Because faith becomes the activator. God, where's the fuse? Where's the thing that I need to set off today in the Holy Ghost? How important is faith to our experience with God? Hebrews 4 and 2 says, speaking of of a particular group of people in Scripture, the Jewish people, says, For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto the Gentiles. But the word preached did not profit... I'm sorry, I I mixed that up. Unto Unto the Christians was the gospel preached, as well as unto the Jews. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. When the word goes forth... If you have a faith-filled heart, it will take root and it will start to grow. It will activate something in your life. But you can sit here beside a faith-filled person, and if you don't have faith in your own heart, this word means nothing to you. The word itself is useless in the life of someone who will not receive it in faith. It must be mixed with faith. Do you know how many explosives have to be mixed with something to go off? Watch the video. It's amazing. So 
with that, I look at scripture and I see how many times, I, I just looked in the book of Matthew, just in the book of Matthew, and I only took a select, a select few. There were like 16 references to acts of faith in the book of Matthew. This is just four. So in Matthew 8, 10, the centurion comes and his servant is sick. And because he understands the concept of authority and Jesus's place of power, he says, you don't even have to come to my house. You just speak the word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus said, this man has great faith. He has great faith. Faith mixed with understanding is great faith. He understood the concept of authority. Matthew 9 and 2, the paralyzed man. Uh, Jesus is teaching a home Bible study. And all of a sudden, the roof starts coming off because the paralyzed man's four friends decided it was his last day to be paralyzed. And so they let him down into the middle of the Bible study, and Jesus speaks to him because of the, this is what the Bible says, because of the faith of his friends, he was forgiven and healed. You think you can't make an impact on someone's spiritual life? You exert your faith, exercise your faith in the direction of your friends, in the direction of your family, in the direction of your community. That neighbor who keeps you awake all night partying with loud music, exercise some faith. Lord, save his soul. Save her soul. Bring her to church with me. Let me teach her a Bible study. Let me help that person grow and develop and become what you already ordained that person to be. Exercise your faith. Matthew 9.22, the woman with the issue of blood exercised her faith, just like I did when I was baptized. I'm going to get the Holy Ghost on Tuesday. She was saying to herself, I can be healed if I can just touch the hem of his garment. I can be healed if I can just touch the hem of Jesus' garment. If I can just get in his presence and get down low and humble myself and touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed of this dreaded disease that has plagued me for years and years and years. It's the exercise of our faith. Matthew 15, 28, the Syrophoenician woman was a Gentile. She was outside of the covenant at that point. And her daughter had been afflicted by an evil spirit, so she sought the Lord. She asked him three times. And he kept denying her because she was outside the covenant. Outside the covenant. And finally he says, woman, great is your faith. And from that point on, her daughter never dealt with that before again. She never dealt with that again. Why? Because of faith. Faith is the activator of the miracle for these people. If they did not believe, they never would have asked. Now here's the thing. Our faith has to line up with his will. Our faith must align to his will. We're never out of order to ask God to deliver somebody because the Bible says that's his will. We're never out of order to, to ask God, Lord, please bring someone to repentance. Why? Because it's his will that no man should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 
So as I align my prayer to his will, James 5.16 says, The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The Amplified Version says, The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous believer can accomplish much. And then in parentheses it says, When put into action and made effective by God, it is dynamic. It has tremendous power. Dynamic is from the same root word from, of, of dynamite. Power. Explosive power. It is not about having more faith. If you have not seen prayers answered in your life, it's not about you having more faith. It's about us lining up to the will of God and exercising our faith. You don't need a whole lot, but you got to use what you got. Faith in God activates much greater power than I exert. I'll say that again. Faith in God. Sorry. Activates a much greater power than itself. So when, when I have faith in God, I'm going to say it again. Faith in God activates a much greater power than I have invested of my own strength, my own faith. Did you catch what the professor said about activation energy? He said when, when activation energy, remember he's talking about the, the little green mountain there with the yellow ball. When activation energy is invested into an explosion, an explosion is just a burst or a release of energy, that activation energy is gained back and multiplied. For those of us who are not scientifically minded, I'm going to say it again. That little yellow ball only has to get up the hill. And then the energy it took to get the yellow ball up the hill is returned in the downward flow and multiplied because gravity just keeps pulling it lower. Because the laws that God put into place drag it down. And the amount of energy released in that downward flow, man, it's a whole lot easier when when that gravity takes over. Once I've invested through the exercise of my faith, I get all that back from the Holy Ghost, plus everything that he can do that I can't. The professor actually said, we add a little energy to get the reaction going, and then it releases a lot more energy. Can't get more clear than that. We add our little bit. All I need is just a little bit. But I'm going to add my little bit. Believing to the point that God takes over and begins to act on my behalf. So I don't have to have the answer. God is not looking to you to solve the problem. He already knows. He already knows what the answer is. He's looking to you for the activation energy. He's looking to you to get the thing started, to get the ball rolling. So here's the reality. Kayla, I think it's slide 15. God gave me a measure of faith, this little yellow ball in representation. He gave me a measure of faith. He gave you 
a measure of faith. The Bible says that every man and woman is given a measure of faith. Now, do you remember when he just added a little bit of energy and it kind of went back and forth right in that valley? Boy, some of us feel that way sometimes. We're just spinning our wheels, stuck in the valley. And we can forget the power of activation energy that's needed to get that ball over the, over the mountaintop. Sometimes it's praise that activates my faith so that that ball starts to rise, go up that mountain. And as I'm praising the Lord, my faith is rising and God is building something in me. He's edifying me. When I speak in tongues at home and I'm praying in the Holy Ghost and I'm letting God have his way with my life, God's building something in me and my faith is rising. And when I've seen God do a few things in my life, there's nobody who can stop me from believing for that next thing because God's going to do it. God is well able. God is willing and he will. So I can stay stuck in the valley or I can put in the energy to move this ball on up the mountain. If I engage my faith, if I start to declare the word of God in my life, if I start doing some warfare praying at my house, God, you cast out anything that's not of you. I don't want anything in me that's not like you, Jesus. I want to be so wrapped up in you that there's not room for anything else, Lord God. Help me, Jesus, if I start declaring the word of God and I engage my faith in prayer, you get that ball rolling and God will meet you with his power. And multiply it exponentially with his own. Amen. Now, I cannot ignore, as excited as I get about activation energy, I can't ignore what God showed me of the detonation. So here's what I learned through science, which I don't pay a lot of attention to most of the time. That a detonation shockwave is a form of, of activation energy. Now God knew that all along. That detonation is a form of activation energy. It's a way to activate an explosion. And so the detonation device uh, is, is usually a little electric piece now. It used to, be, used to be the plunger. Now it's a little electric box and it's got wires coming out of it that lead to this long, and in this case it's a yellow cord, called primer cord or blasting cord, that the inside of that cord is lined with a powerful explosive, but it's just a little dust of it, so that there will be a small explosion down the length of this blasting cord until it gets to this, you know, if you imagine the big stash of dynamite that Wiley Coyote always had, right? If it gets to the, when it gets to the place that the civil engineer has laid out so that all of these explosions will happen in a pattern that's approved for the purpose for which it is commissioned. Activation energy becomes this chain of events that leads to the, the big explosion. A detonator itself only has a little bit of uh, explosive in it, but when it when that explosion or that shock wave of detonation reaches the larger source of fuel, the larger source of, of explosive capability or potential, there's nothing that can't come down. Have you ever seen videos of buildings being dynamited and brought to the ground? Whew, 
some powerful stuff. And they've got it so uh, uh, accurately placed that instead of the walls falling up whichever way, it can come straight down. Precisely in the middle of a city block without touching any of the other buildings. If God has given man that ability for such precision, what do you think that God is capable of? You're, you're out there worrying about, well, God, if this happens, then what about all this other stuff? Let me say it this way. God, if I step up and become what it is that you're calling me to be, what will my friends think? What will my family think? What about these other relationships in my life? What about my job? What about, what about, what about, what about? What about God's ability to precisely plan the details for your life? What about the fact that God cares about you? He cares about you so much. He has things in hand. He just needs a little activation energy from you. God, I believe you. I believe you. So I'm going to show you one more demonstration. This is the effect of an activator on the primer cord or the blasting cord. This is not going to lead to a big explosion, okay? But I promise you it's still cool. You'll have to imagine the big explosion at the end because this is the cord that would lead to the big pile of dynamite. Okay? It is, it's definitely something uh, awe-inspiring in and of itself. Mike, would you get ready to have that ready? Thank you. Okay, so I'm not going to put Sister Kayla on the spot anymore because it's not her fault. I built this PowerPoint, so I'll take full responsibility. We tested it four times. <laughs> Here we are. So with this uh, demonstration, they had wrapped this large academic lecture hall about the size of this room in six or seven rounds of blasting cord. 800 meters I don't know, it's British, so I don't know what that is on yards, but 800 meters of blasting cord. And he had two children hold the ends because that's how safe it is. That's how small the explosion is in the blasting cord. Leads to a great explosion. But the blasting cord itself is safe to handle. So they're holding it. And he sets it off with a little detonation of a release of electricity. And as you watch the slowed down version, the, 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 the regular speed version is just <laughs> But if you watch the, the slow version, it's literally going around the room. You see the light traveling around the room at super speed. It takes less than half a second to detonate 
all 800 meters of the cord. Less than half a second. Your eyes can't pick it up. But the speed with which it happened does not uh, take away from what, what, what was being accomplished. It was going around and around. Everywhere that there was primer cord, it was lighting up. Now, it took them hours to set up that primer cord. The setup was in place before they ever hit the activation. And I'm here to tell you the setup for the miracle that you need in your life is already in place. Just needs a little activation energy. Needs a little engagement of faith. We don't live to ourselves. When I engage my faith and I get fired up and the Lord begins to blow things up in the Holy Ghost in my life and I have blessings and I testify about them and he guides me and I, and I talk to people about it and, and he helps me and he fills me uh, with wisdom for a particular situation and I can testify. I didn't know where that came from. God, God gave that to me. That wasn't from my own mind. And I can begin to share what it is that God is doing. It becomes this chain reaction. And unlike anything that the people in the lecture hall could ever imagine going on in the, in the spirit. So you might think that your little prayer doesn't have much of an impact. But because God has already set it up, your little testimony, what you think is little, can change somebody else's life. You take your step of faith. And if you haven't already done this, maybe you take a step of faith to repent of your sins, to turn away from, that, uh, from what you know does not please God. And you use that activation energy of faith to be baptized in Jesus' name. And God fills you. He steps in with his power, and he fills you with the Holy Ghost. Boom! Explosion! There's an explosion in the spiritual realm because you've been filled with his power. You have used your activation energy of faith and you've seen the result. And all of a sudden you're telling your neighbor your testimony and they come out with their step of faith and God responds, boom! And there's another explosion in your neighborhood and they begin to testify to their family and then their family is saved and begins to come to church, boom! Boom! There's an explosion. Why? Because somebody activated their faith. And then one of your neighbor's kids who came to, came to church and was filled with the Holy Ghost because of your testimony, God calls that person to pastor in a neighboring town. And boom, a church is born. And lives are changed. And people are saved. Boom, 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 boom. I've been sharing with some people in our congregation, what God showed me uh, on Sunday and, and writing this message and, and putting this together and, and doing the research. I've been kind of blasting little testimonies of things that God was revealing, and it wasn't until this morning when I was talking to Mike and sister, Brother Mike and Sister, uh, sister Dory 
uh, in the hospitality suite that Mike began to, to remember something or talk about something that the Lord had given him back in 2011. And I want you to hear it in the context of what God is doing in this moment. It's not an accident that the Lord showed that to me last week. There is a word that this church needs to hear, and I feel it so strong in the Holy Ghost right now. There are things about to happen that we cannot yet anticipate. We need to hear what the Spirit is saying in Jesus' name. In late 2011, I had a dream that there was an earthquake in Belleville. After the earthquake, there was an explosion. When the explosion happened, it was like a huge mushroom cloud that went into the atmosphere and covered the whole metro area. Also, sparks flew out of the explosion that went to various places all over the earth. This was, was what I understood about the dream. The earthquake symbolizes a revival of the church, but wasn't meaning that new people or backsliders were coming into the church, but that the existing people, even those who had been cold, were going to be revived and have a renewed passion. Once the church is revived by the earthquake, there wasn't an explosion sent shockwaves around the globe. The sparks that went out from Belleville, centered, uh, the center of the explosions, were people that went from this church and started new works, went to mission fields, helped existing works, and etc. Our revival will have a global impact. Let's all stand right now. You may think that you're just believing God for a little thing. God, just pay my bills this month. Whatever it takes to make that gap meet between my budget, just pay my bills this month. God, just do this for me. Just do that. Just heal. Just help. Just move. You might think you're believing for something small, but that little bit of activation energy can get a big explosion going in the Holy Ghost. If you will partner your faith with somebody next to you, man, we can, we can explode this place in the spirit like we have never seen before. Why? Because our activation energy is met by the energy and power of an almighty God. And he's the only one that can blow up the kind of revival that we're expecting. Did you hear that? We're expecting Faith is the activator. What are you believing God for? What are you hoping for? Do you believe that God will respond in power and in purpose? If you do, it's time to exercise your faith. This is just a short opportunity to exercise your faith. But I encourage you, demonstrate your faith. I'm not looking at anybody, but this is between you and Jesus Christ. If you want to activate your faith, if you want your faith to become that activation energy for what you have been seeking, what you have been praying for, what you have been asking for, I want you to come to this altar with energy. I want you to come with determination. I want you to come and engage your faith, exercise your faith. Now is the time. This is the moment, God. You're going to do it. I believe you're going to do it. I believe you have this in hand, Jesus. I believe, God, that you're in charge of my situation and that there's nothing that you cannot do. In Jesus' name, let's activate our faith today. In Jesus' name.